Welcome to episode 21 of the J-Bunny's Music Hub podcast. I'm your host, J-Bunny. Well, I, as I believe I mentioned in a previous episode, it's summertime and that means Ren Faire season. I've been spending the last uh, month or so at the New York Renaissance Fair and will do so until the end of September. And so I got another Ren Faire act on the show. Uh, for this episode, I interviewed Christopher Leidenfrost. He's been... Uh, in the New York Ren Fair and in the Renaissance Fair scene for uh, for I think we figured about 14 years now at this point. Uh, I met Chris when he was at the New York Fair, and he's a member of the Crimson Pirates, and he's got a lot he's got a lot uh, going on as you'll find throughout the conversation. Uh, I was really glad to get Chris on the show. I've been hoping to get him ever since I started the show, and uh, I think that this this interview was. Uh, went really well and I, I really enjoyed it and I hope you guys do too. Without further ado, here's Chris. Alrighty, what's up everybody? It's Jay everybody. Everybody, it's Jay Bunny. I'm here at the New York Renaissance Fair once again. I'm sitting right next to the chessboard and I'm sitting here with Chris and I just I think learned how to pronounce your last name right this morning from your Facebook. Is it Leidenfrost? It is! Yes. It is. Well well done, sir. Yes, well I, I have to credit you for that. You're, you had the pronunciation on your Facebook, uh, which I was looking at this morning in order to, you know, write the questions. Yeah, don't ask Siri how to pronounce my name, because Apple hasn't gotten their technology technology that advanced yet. Yeah, see, I always <laughs> thought Facebook. it was the other way. I always thought it was Leidenfrost, and I've heard everyone else say it that way, and then your Facebook corrected me on that. Yes, the weird German vowels are always <laughs> exciting. So, I, after I, I started writing the questions, I realized that because I, I sort of met you through here, my perception of things may not be what the actuality of the situation is. Uh, as far as my first exposure to you was when you were here uh, you were here as uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. And oh. see, I had thought that, at least that first time, that you were here as a patron, but w w were you or well, were I you not? Well, I was. I was, actually. I, I started as a patron. I had a bunch of friends convince me to wear my Halloween costume from the year before to the Renaissance Festival. And I was like, no, it's a terrible idea. It's hot and there's a wig and I have to glue stuff to my face and <laughs> I don't want to do that. And then, I don't know what possessed me that morning, but I came as uh, Jack Sparrow to the New York Ren Fair, and they hired me. I came again, I think the second or third weekend I showed up to do it, because it was so well received that yeah. by the third weekend, I was on cast wandering around. Oh, so around. they hired you off of just appearing here. Okay, yeah, wow. Yeah, it was an it was a very weird story, actually. It doesn't happen very often, but I guess I guess I made an impression, maybe a good yeah, one. Right. I think it was more the way, the way uh, I forget who said it to me. I think it was Dan O'Driscoll from the Crimson Pirate. She's like, well, we hired you, so we could tell you where to go because we were getting sick of you just being wherever you wanted. This way we could control you a little more. I think it was Dan. It might have been someone else, but that's that's just said that recently. Like, that makes sense. <laughs> that works, man. Yeah, because I remember I remember seeing you just here, and then I remember I didn't know it was that quick. I remember the next year you were here also mm -hmm. as Jack, although I heard them referring to you as uh, as Jack Swallows instead yes. of Jack Sparrow. Which, yeah, you Jack know, Swallow, Sparrow, whatever little bird you would want to call it. Because you know, uh, Disney's great. And I love Disney, but Disney also would probably not be happy if they, if the New York Renaissance Festival was, you know, purveying a, a character that they own the copyright on. And of course, this was many years ago. This is like 2004, so it was the year after the first Pirates movie came out. Yeah, yeah. So back then, there weren't that many people 
who were cosplaying Jack or you know doing Jack at the Renaissance Festival, and now you can't swing a cat at a Renaissance Festival <laughs> without hitting someone who looks vaguely like Jack Sparrow. Right, right. So you know, uh, but it was definitely my gateway drug into other Ren Faire pirating experiences. Right, right. Um, so. Had you been, other than that time that you came here with your friends and all that, had you been to a, a fair before, or...? I had been to the New York Ren Fair for a couple of years prior, on and off. Um, I was actually, at that point, a big fan of... I really loved the Crimson Pirates, I really loved the Weird Sisters. Um, I loved to come see the chess fights, I like, you know, I, I really enjoyed the fair. Funny story, the year I got hired to do New York Ren Fair, I actually auditioned for the New York Ren Fair and didn't get hired for the New York Ren Fair. <laughs> wow. But then I showed up as Jack, and uh, that was my in-person audition. It's <laughs> uh, funny, that's a, it's a crazy story, but yeah. it's funny. And actually, I'll tell you this part of the story too, and this is because this is like the funny, like after the fact part of the story. So at the end of 2004, we got rained out one weekend. At that point, you know, I had met, I was on cast, I had met most of the cast, and we had gone out the Palisades Mall because yeah. the fair got rained out which very rarely happens it yeah, usually yeah. it's rain or shine but the rain was so bad a bunch of the cast went to the, Renf the mall along with Chris Troy, who was the entertainment director at that right, point right right um, so Chris Troy, who was the entertainment director and who was proctoring uh, he was at, not proctoring he was one of the people auditioning me you know he we're, we're sitting at lunch now in the Palisades Mall that same season and he says oh yeah Chris we found your uh, your headshot and you were in the no effing way folder <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ah, well, uh, hey, good to know. <laughs> but um, so I, I, I weaseled my way into the Renaissance Festival, and then I slowly weaseled my way into the Crimson Pirates. Right, uh, right. I've been, uh, I've been just kind of getting. I've been, I've been playing chess really well. No, <laughs> but in all seriousness, you know, like, um, yeah, I started as Jack. Then I did that for a few years. I got to play a court character, and then I created Henry Martin. Right, right, which I was going to ask been, you about next yeah. was was whether that because you've released music under the name Henry Martin, yeah. and so I was wondering if that like when that season came around, if you had said to the fair, "This is what I'm doing," or if that was a character they gave you. Like, how did that? No, well, again, I was really I was in love with Crimson Pirates at that point. I started listening to some other bands as well, like Mystic Minstrels were here, and they were just wonderful. Um, the Realies were here at that point when they were together. Um, there was just so much great music at the New York Renaissance Fair in that era of time. Yeah. Um, and I just really kind of then at that point I was starting to really grow up with it and you know really uh, a big part of what I loved about the fair was the music. So you know I said well maybe I should try this myself and see what I can do and so yeah, yeah. I uh, I pitched actually so Lionel who was in the Crimson Pirates also um, he was the musical director of Nerf at that point, and also, um, and I, I can't remember who was cast cast director at that point, but um, it was Stuart and Jim Mundy and Hamilton, and then it was Champ McLeod at one point, right. then it was Dan O'Driscoll at one point, and Chris Detroit, so like it was a whole bunch of people, but I definitely pitched to Lionel as a musical director. I had this idea to do this character based on Henry the song Henry Martin, and he'd just kind of be this fun kind of singing pirate, because if you don't know the song Henry Martin, he tries to be a pirate, and it goes very poorly, so I figured this would be the next best step for him. Um, and it's kind of the story of all, my, all the pirate shows that I kind of work on now is like, well, yeah, we, we are pirates, but we're not the best pirates, so we're going we're gonna to be actors slash musicians, and this is going to be a much more uh, lucrative profession. Right, right. Uh, so, um, 
you did, you just said you joined the Crimson Pirates, and for a long time, maybe not so much anymore because you guys are just a guest act, but for a long time, the Crimson Pirates were like the main, I would say, the main musical act here at the New York Renaissance Fair. Um, yeah. How how did you joining the band come about? Because I know it happened after like Lionel had taken a season off, and well, yeah. So Lionel had taken a season off, and then Rick Nessler, who plays Philip Hole, ta da, uh, ta -da. <laughs> uh, sub, uh, he became their guitar player, and then I think the following year, I think Lionel took another year off, maybe. And uh, at that point, I had been around for a while, um, and obviously, I, I definitely expressed interest in you know working with Robin and Dan and Don and Kelly and Anne at that point um, and uh, we actually did a random before I was actually an official Crimson Pirate we did a random gig out in Pennsylvania in Hershey Pennsylvania and we got hired in to do pirates at this corporate event in Hershey Pennsylvania and we get to the event and apparently they had expected us that we were maybe uh, Chinese acrobats with a pirate theme okay and we we're like no, that's not what we do. <laughs> and so I was still playing Jack, the Jack Sparrow persona. Um, and we were doing kind of like uh, music and stage combat. So we yeah. did all, we did this kind of stage combat uh, appearances at this corporate event. And that was like my first Qu Crimson Pirates quote unquote gig, I think. Um, and then from that, like we, I filled in with guitar and then I filled in guitar for a season at the New York Ren Fair. And then I've kind of been playing with them ever since. So. Okay. Now I'm working on that, so um, so I'm working with the Crimson Pirates. I still do Henry Martin stuff, but not really as much because yeah. um, um, most of the time now I'm on the the Renfair circuit. I'm either doing Crimson Pirates or Crimson Pirates in conjunction with Greatest Pirate Story. Never right, told. we're gonna get so, to that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but Henry Martin, it's interesting now because like because um, the way the Pirate Story has gone, I've had to play different characters in that throughout its tenure, and it's yeah. been around for about five years now. So if I'm just playing Crimson Pirates, I'm usually Henry Martin, but if we couple it with Pirate Story, sometimes someone else is playing Henry Martin. There, there's been at least four other Henry Martins now oh, who wow. have appeared as Henry, <laughs> the character of Henry Martin. Um, but that name has just kind of stuck with me through all the acts and all the years that we've, I've done it. So. Okay. So how long, just because you, you, you sing, you, you, you've got to, I was looking at your, your website today as well, your, your resume and all of the instruments you play. How long have you been playing and singing for? Oh, a long time since I like, can remember. Like, I have a good friend, Tim, who I grew up with, and like, we used to do shows in our backyard like, growing oh, okay. up like, for our parents and our friends. And you know, we always have been like, noodling around and doing some artistic thing or another. Um, I, I played piano as a kid, but not ever really applied myself. And then when I started doing Henry Martin was the first time I picked up a guitar, and that would have been in like 2006, around then. That sounds about right. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, I am, I am a very good guitar faker. Like, I, 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 I play enough chords to play the Irish and pirate music that we play, but we've actually been really fortunate because like Lionel was it has been in and out depending on availability. Right. But in the past two years, since we started expanding the group, we actually picked up two, three more guitar players who are much more proficient than me. Uh, same same kind of place with like Lionel and Rick Nessler, like they're much better guitar players than I am. And I I bow down and say that admittedly. I'm not a <laughs> You know, I would much rather be playing a, a Valron or, or or something or something else. Right. But right. um, uh, but I, I play enough to get us to get by. <laughs> oh, that's good. 
Um, so one of your last years as, a, as an official cast member of New York Renaissance Fair is when you started The Greatest Pirates. It started here, if yes. I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, so, uh, we did do it here. Technically, the premiere was at the Pirates of the Hudson Festival okay. in Sleepy Hollow. That's... That was the first time we ever did it. Um, um, and then we were able to bring it here that same summer. So the, the question with that is, how did you come up with the idea of that show that's very sort of uh, improvised, but... You've got you know you've got the board with the you know you kind of have an idea right, and all right, that. Right. Well, Pirate Story. It's so funny because like I had the concept of Pirate Story, kind of was born around the same time I started doing Henry Martin, but it was just a lot of, it was a lot to kind of develop and find a home for it uh, uh-huh. initially. Um, but uh, it kind of because I like you know doing, growing up then as a performer really kind of. Uh, and developing as a performer here at the Renaissance Festival, you learn music, you do stage combat, you do interactive improv stuff, you do all that yeah. uh, kind of stuff. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, 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 and so, hi, Chip. <laughs> hi, Chip. Uh, it was Chip who makes amazing leather pouches, which are, of which I am wearing several. <laughs> but I digress. Um, <laughs> um, where was I saying? So. I had this concept, so you, you learn all these skills at the Ren Fair. You have all these great things. You can see stage combat, you can see improv, you can see music. And I really wanted to create a show that combined all the things I loved about the Renaissance Festival. All in one, like, half hour, 40 minute package. Like, okay. bam. Like, all on stage, it's all happening. And Pirate Story was kind of born out of that. So we had, um, we did it, first time we developed it was for Pirates of the Hudson Festival, which was a pirate festival that unfortunately was a little short-lived um, at Historic Hudson Valley. I just think um, it was just because uh, Robin Hood and the Sheriff's Guards are walking by right now. You gotta love the rent. Um, <laughs> uh, the blood of peasants is on the ground. It's terrible. It's terrible. Again, I, I'm easily distracted. In case you didn't notice. Who's shiny? Uh, so uh, yeah. So anyway, so that's kind of the long and short of how Pirate Story started. And I remember my uh, uh, my husband. Uh, who I ran and we ran our entertainment company together. Uh, it's, I first pitched, talked about, told him the pirate story. He's like, that's the craziest idea. That'll never work. It's just too much stuff happening altogether. Like, what a crazy idea. And then I remember he came to the first dress rehearsal on site and he was like, that's a brilliant idea. I can't believe we haven't done this sooner. It was like, so like, it just kind of became one of those things where, um, you know, it definitely developed. It's changed yeah. uh, considerably since the first incarnation of it. And I mean, even now it's changed again. It used to be a five-person show. We've streamlined it to a four-person show, um, which makes it easier to book. It also kind of heightens everything because it's a lot more frantic without that one extra character talking. Yeah, yeah. It kind of just kind of smooths everything out and it's just bam, 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 bam. Uh, we do do a theater version of the show, which is much a little bit longer than the fair version. And that has the fifth character as well as some other kind of crazy stuff in it that we don't get to do at the fair shows. But, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's... That's that part of the story. <laughs> right, well, yeah, I was going to say, the, the, it's, you know, you went from doing it at, at that other festival, which I was not aware of, and then here, and then you mm-hmm. now you're touring it around the country, and you had that off-Broadway run, like... Yep. yep. How, did, you, did you think, I mean, you said that your, your husband at the time didn't think that it was going to, to do well, but obviously it has, like, did you think that that was going to be as big and as, as do as well as it has done? You and know, how does it feel to have that happen? You know, it's such an interesting thing because, like, it's done really well. Um, but you know, it's like with any show or any band, like, you know, it's always the um, as as much success as you have. You know, any any artist, any performing artist knows like it's going to be 
you know, even though you have success, success, you gotta keep, you gotta keep priming that fire to keep it going. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like, you gotta keep it. Like, we're trying to keep it going, you know, year round. And we had some luck with that. Um, but uh, yeah, but it, it's it's kind of like one of the things. Like, no, you're never really done. Like, yeah, you're yeah. never. You're always moving on to the next thing. You're always trying to book the next thing. So. Um, it's great, obviously, the more it's out there, the easier it is to book the next show, but, you know, it's still, um, it's still, it's still a challenge and it's still work to get it out there. Because mm -hmm. um, we're not, uh, we're not as established as some of the other big acts on the circuit yet, <laughs> you know, but that is definitely, you know, we're definitely hoping that um, it could become something that you know, is able to run pretty much year-round at right, fairs right. across the country, and also in the theaters, because um, it's a they're two very different experiences, even though it's the same show. Um, uh, so yeah, but uh, and now that we've coupled it, you know, we're doing it in rep, which means like the same performers in this, in Pirate Story, uh, all of them, if they're going to do a fair, mostly have to become and get sworn in as Crimson Pirates too because we like to couple the acts together. Right. So then we can, um, you know, offer festivals to shows um, with kind of based, more or less based on the way Nerf used to be where like all the in-house shows were done with an in-house cast and, you know, we did everything, you know, like we would run around all day doing chessboard fights and then doing music groups and then doing street work and like, so it's kind of based on that mentality where like, you're one performer doing multiple things over the course of the day. Right, um, right. Makes the day go a lot faster. <laughs> so I, I wanted to ask you in regards to the show, because it was here like maybe one year or maybe two, I'm not sure. Why hasn't, you're, you're all over the place. How come you haven't come home with it? How come you haven't come um, back to New York Ren Fair with it? Uh, it's not for lack of trying, um, but you know, there's so many, there's only so many stages at any fair. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I mean, there's acts that come and go. I mean, you know, if there's ever an opening and they wanted to bring us in here, like we're very lucky that we get to come back to Crimson Pirates a couple of weekends a year. But, um, you know, for for lack of going into any political discussion. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> no, never do that. Um, but, uh, but you know, again, it's um, every festival, there's so many great acts here now, there's just not room for us that's right now. That's fair enough. But, you know, if uh, another act decides to go, then maybe there'll be room for us someday. And, you know, you hope for that and you wish for that, but, uh, right now, it's just not in the cards, unfortunately. Or fortunately, because, you know, like, we're going to go do Pittsburgh Red Fair, and that overlaps. Um, so, you know, we're going to be out there with Crimson Pirates and Pirate Story. So, um, so someday, you know, we might come back, uh, but, you know, um, in the meantime, we have Crimson Pirates. I'm going to hopefully get to sing some Henry Martin stuff today. And Right. So that's the that's the goal. And, huh. and then you were saying that that you're, you're doing the the Crimson Pirates with the Pirate Story, and I was wondering mm -hmm. how that came about because the, the Crimson Pirate. I mean, obviously, they're, they've always added members, and sometimes people take time off. But it seems like your crew of Crimson Pirates is sort of a I don't want to say it's a separate entity because it's all Crimson Pirates, but it seems like you have a, a very separate team from what we're used to here at New York Renfair. So how did that come to be? Well, the cool thing was um, last winter, Robin who who is the GM, the general manager for Crimson Pirates, uh, along with her husband, Dan. Um, you know, they asked me, you know, like, you do Crimson Pirates. At that time, I was, I have another band that we were running with Pirates called the Roving Blades. And it right. seemed, you know, because I was playing with the Roving Blades, I was playing with Crimson Pirates, like, it seemed to be silly that, you know, I was trying to, you know, book this show and book that show. And it wasn't, it wasn't because it was a conflict of interest, it just was like, 
you know, why split your focus when we can, you know, kind of work everything together. Mm -hmm. So it's just been this really kind of cool thing because the Crimson Pirates has been around for over 20 years, like 22 years plus now. Right, yeah. Um, I remember so the, the 20 year anniversary yeah, yeah. show. So, I mean, there's a huge breadth of, um, of great music, great arrangements, um, you know, that now we can continue to expand. Because, um, you know, the, 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 the sad fact of the matter is like, Robin, Dan, and Anne, who are pretty much like the core original Crimson Pirates who are still playing with Crimson Pirates. I mean, there's still a bunch of other members. Uh, Lionel comes in, um, Don and Kelly come in sometimes. So, like, we, like, they're still uh, running the Crimson Pirates. We're still do, they're still doing Crimson Pirates, but they all have day jobs in New York City. Right. So um, uh, I've got folks now who can come on, learn the music, um, and be out at Colorado Ren Fair for two months. Right, right. Um, or be down in Florida for, you know, two months. And that way we can keep the brand out there, keep the music out there without, um, you know, those limitations of like, oh, we can only go do one weekend. But right. the great thing is, you know, we can have, um, you know, Dan and Robin can come down for a weekend and guest spot. And then, you know, instead of four or five of us, there's, you know, seven or eight of us. Right, right. So, um, and it's cool because we're all doing the same arrangement so we can continue to grow. And again, like I said, we've hired in some really great musicians um, Zach uh, Spencer and Claire have all come in in the last couple of years too uh, Emily's come in uh, about the same time I did um, and now we've got uh, we're able to do more musically like instrumentally than we used to be able to do and you know uh, Robin and I and Emily are learning more and more complex concertina stuff and like it's just um, it's really cool because it's really Having this new blood is also kind of is pushing us to become better musicians. Right, right. Um, and so it's really just, it's been this really cool kind of period of growth and definitely change. I mean, it's definitely changed and, you know, the, but, you know, the cool thing is like, well, like we come here and it's pretty much OG, a lot of OG Crimson Pirates, original Crimson Pirates. And, you know, like out in Colorado, we have um, me, who's kind of like midway between OG and, right, you know, right, and not. New school. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, so it's kind of, again, it's just this kind of big expense. Like someone asked uh, on Facebook, like, have you guys franchised the band? Like, no, we haven't franchised the band. We've just really have expanded it. Yeah. And now we can send this group out here. And the cool thing is like, we'll be have a group in Pittsburgh. Um, and at the same time, uh, we'll also have a Crimson Pirates playing PA Ren Fair, and they'll be here for Pirate Invasion. So, like, we're able to cover more ground, too. Right, right. Um, and we're just all kind of interchangeable. Like, Spencer was here yesterday playing guitar. I'm here today playing guitar. So it's just given the group a lot more flexibility as well, which right. I think is a good thing. And, you know, so, yeah. So it's just been uh, a definite period of change, but a definite period of growth. And, uh, you know, we're... Uh, Robin and Dan and I were like, oh, it's gonna be this. we'll do this for a year and see how it goes. And now we're almost at the end of our second year of doing it. So wow. it's, you know, onward and upward. <laughs> so you mentioned the Roving Blades, which uh, I don't, I think I may have seen that band at, at like a smaller Ren Fair at one point. And, and at that point in time, the, 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 the band lineup consisted of yourself, your mother, and your brother. Yes. And I, I've seen that you still book shows under that name with your Crimson Pirate crew. So what is the difference between a Roving Blade show and a Crimson Pirate show? All right, so here's the kind of crazy thing. So, um, you know, Crimson Pirates, the, the brand has been around forever. People know the Crimson Pirates. Um, but we've found, especially in the last couple of years, as we're trying to expand, like we'll try to book a medieval festival. Uh, and they'll be like, oh, well, we don't want pirates at our festival, so you'll have to go somewhere else. 
Uh, but you know, 90, you know, 90% of our rep we can do. Uh, here. And oh, we're in the middle of New York Grand Fair, so people are coming up and I'm saying hello. Hello, how are you, my dear? Mwah. Today okay, is the day for this. Continue. Yeah. Oh, mwah, mwah. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's um, okay. Uh, that was, you're, uh, you're that only... was Sharon, the customer and actress extraordinaire. You're only here right. today, which we'll get to later, yeah. so, oh, so yeah. everyone wants <laughs> your time and attention. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, so where was I? So We were talking uh, about Crimson Pirates versus uh, Oh, Roving Blades. So we have decided, um, because we kind of hit that roadblock sometimes with us being a quote-unquote pirate group, um, because we already had the Roving Blades name in the canon um, of our shows, when we do now, if we do a, like a strictly Irish or a medieval or something that doesn't really, they don't really want a pirate theme, um, we're able to take all of our Irish and trad and folk rep that's not piratey and then kind of brand it under the Roving Blades and that way we're still doing the same great arrangement, same uh, great performers, but we're slightly spinning it in this other way so we're not pirates were this other thing called the Roving Blades, okay. um, which is uh, our kind of Celtic Irish, strictly Celtic Irish, and then we can kind of, so we're, it's a little confusing, especially now, again, it's only been like a year, it's almost been two years, but it's still, it's new uh, for a lot of the fan base to be like, who is this other group? Like, why are we, why are we, oh, so the Roving Blades are the Crimson Pirates, the Crimson Pirates are the Roving Blades, they are now, they're like the Borg, they've all been assimilated, <laughs> assimilated. to each other. Um, <laughs> Um, and again, so that way we can go out and do non-pirate events as well. So okay, that's uh, that's fair enough. That makes that makes a lot of sense. So, I everybody that I've ever had on this show, I ask this question just because it's sort of a, a, a bit of a, I guess you'd say a passion of mine. I'm 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 one of the few people that I know that still like buys CDs and doesn't do the Spotify thing, and and everything is going in that direction. And I feel like I feel like personally, and it seems that a lot of other people that, that I talk to as well feel that that like the, the the music industry as a whole sort of suffers when people don't buy music. And I was just wondering how you feel about the current state of where the music industry is, where it seems like a lot of fans view music as disposable and would rather illegally download or pay a monthly fee to Spotify and never actually buy anything. I mean, I know it's different at a Ren Fair because you, you see guys sell the CDs and, and people do right. buy them. I mean, it's been, in, it's been an interesting transition Definitely, um, people do still do buy CDs. I do think there is an old school. There's something about having that physical CD with the picture of the band that you just saw on it in your hand when you walk out of the Renaissance Festival. Um, but definitely CD sales, and you know, I, I think this is pretty much across the board with all Renfrax. Like physical hard CD sales. Although it's funny because I'm saying this with our master CD seller uh, along the sitting on the side. Uh, right nearby. Um, it's definitely helpful when you have someone selling CDs. That makes a huge difference. Yes, um, yes. I've, I've done uh, that for uh, for the band, uh, the Dread Crew of Oddwood. I don't know if you've uh, crossed yeah, paths with them, but very briefly when they were here last two years ago. Two years yeah, ago. Yeah, I, I do yeah. their merch when they're when they're oh, here in New York. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so like it's um, it's uh, it's tricky. It is trickier now. Um, especially if you're at a festival where you don't have someone to sell and you've got that five-minute window at the end of your set where you're trying to sell sell your, your merch. Um, uh, but people, the Ren Fair is kind of a, I think, you can't compare the music industry as a whole, I think, to the Renaissance Festival because I think people come to the Ren Fair for a different experience than right. they go to like a Dave Matthews concert. You know right, what I mean? Right, it's right. a very different thing. Part of it is because a lot, like we have all our CDs 
Arkham Survivor CDs are available on, they're not on Spotify, but they're on Amazon and they're on iTunes. Um, so you can download it. But again, I think when you're coming to the fair, you're you're looking kind of for this kind of different experience and it's more about, you You know when you throw that dollar in, in the tip chest or when you buy that CD, you're, you're not, you're, you're supporting a, a live group of musicians and you're getting something great out of it in return. Right, right, right. So you're not, not it's not necessarily, um, and you know, and the crazy thing is too now, especially going all over the country with the shows now, um, it's very different. Everywhere you go is very different as far as how people, um, how they, how people tip, how they buy CDs, how they want to, you know, deal with you on social media. Like every fair, every kind of section of the country is a little bit different. Um, but like I said, it's when we have like like uh, uh, someone to sell, yeah. When we have someone to sell for us, uh, it definitely pushes our sales up. We came in here with like 15. I've been making pins now for the Crimson Pirates, uh, and we walked in with like 15 pins, and Howard sold them all. Ha Harold, Howard, Harold, my brain, <laughs> Harold. He's sitting right there. I just called you Howard. <laughs> wow, I'm keeping the money now. Oh no! <laughs> I, I corrected my I corrected myself right away. Oh man, uh, I'm also I'm also running on about you know it's been we were in I was in Colorado performing at this time last week and so wow. we've been dro we drove back and it's been I'm I'm running on very little sleep right now. Oh, I love you. Oh, he's playing the world's tiniest fiddle for me. I know, I know, I'm a jerk. Oh, okay. So I don't know if you heard that. I've, I've mostly been focusing on your music career because that is what I am most familiar with. Sure, I mean, sure, I've, sure. I've met you here and, and seen you, you know, but you, you do have the, your, your acting in theater as well. And your Facebook page says that you've been acting since 85. So how old were you when you started? Like, what was your first... Well, I think I think I was born. Well, I was born in '85. Oh. So. Okay. Well, your Facebook page says actor 1985 to oh. present. Well, I guess <laughs> you know, I, I, it's not an untrue. If you ask my if you ask my mother, she would say yes. He was, you know, it's a great story. My mother always says, you know, um, there's a great campy movie called Zorro the Gay Blade, um, and it's definitely <laughs> there's a lot of it's a great kind of campy over the top swashbuckling comedy and if you've never seen it you should see it but that's the movie my mother was watching while she was in labor with me and so it's kind of it's definitely uh, okay it, it, it makes sense that I came into the world with that playing in the background <laughs> so what so how old were you then when you first started like I like performing performing I will say like my first uh, well that's not true well, no, I guess it is true. I guess the first time I got a paycheck for being an actor was at the New York Renaissance Festival. Okay. But I was doing community theater. It's a drop of a hat. I started in community musical theater when I was 16. And before that, um, when I was like four, 13 or 14, I started working with a ballet company, actually, in New Jersey, um, where I got to perform and help kind of develop shows with them. And I started a little bit of stage combat training with them and uh, stuff like that. And, we, and I also did um, with them, we did uh, colonial 18th century dance with um, like a reenactment troupe, like a 17th, 18th century reenactment group, like Revolutionary War. Um, so that was like my first real performing uh, kind of growing up again. And before that, 
my friend and I would just, you know, we'd put on crazy shows in our backyard and make movies or we'd blow up little houses and, you know, <laughs> make little apartments and dump buckets of water through them and film it. And, you know, like, so I've always been like a kind of creative, crazy person. Okay, <laughs> that's fair enough. But, um, yeah, so. Uh, oh, well, so on your, again, I'm not super familiar with, with, with the theater side of the things that you do, but you seem to have quite a, a I was looking at the, the, the section of your website, like the, the resume section, there seems to be a lot of stuff there. And so I was just wondering if you could tell me about some of the roles you've played, some of the things you've done, and uh, what was maybe your favorite and maybe your most challenging. And I can refresh your memory if you're in the middle of an answer <laughs> and forget uh, <laughs> that, that three-part you know, question. I, I was, um, you know, uh, there was a period in my life where I did Les Mis for three years, um, never professionally. <laughs> but um, there was a period of my life when I was just graduating high school when they started this whole, th and I have mixed feelings about this junior version of theater. That's kind of the new, like, how much money can we wring out of properties thing that a lot of musical theater companies are doing. Um, it's a double-edged sword, because like for me, like when I was doing theater growing up, like we just did the show. You know, there was no junior version of Hello Dolly. You know, we put on Hello Dolly, and you know, so now they do like this Into the Woods Junior and Lame is Junior, and they cut the script to ribbons, and they like, I want to say they dumb it down. Yeah, they dumb it down. All right, for 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 to, to be the, the a jerky thing to say, they dumb it down, and then the, so kids are doing these kind of less complicated versions of theater but like for me like I never growing up I never really did that um, we did the real shows damn it um, <laughs> but I guess you know if it can be made more accessible and whatever I it, getting children used to theater is never a bad thing so if that's the way they're gonna do it and it works and it's working clearly it's working and making them lots of money <laughs> so it's what it is uh, but that's my opinion on that and I stand by it um, <clears throat> but uh, I was kind of graduating high school around the time that this phenomenon was starting, and it started with Les Mis School Edition. It wasn't even junior, it was the school edition. Um, and I wound up doing it, I did it on Long Island, uh, and I was Javert on Long Island. And then I, from that production, there was another production doing it in Westchester, and they were looking for someone to do this role, because it's not an easy show. I'm not saying these shows are easy. So I wound up doing Javert in Westchester, and then another theater in Westchester was doing Les Mis, and then I did it a third time in the space of like a year and a half. So I was just Javert forever, <laughs> <laughs> which I loved, and I loved that role, and I loved that show. Um, uh, and then after that, I costumed Les Mis for another theater company, um, and then I directed and costumed another production of Les Mis. So for three years of my life, I was working on Les Miserables, um, and I enjoy it, and I still like Les Mis. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, uh, but I've never really done it. It's always been in a, a youth theater or a community theater capacity. Okay. Um, I really, some other stuff that I've done that's just been fun. So that was part of my life. Um, I got to do a show called Thrill Me, which is about Leopold and Loeb, uh, who are these gay kind of thrill killers from the 1920s, and that was a cool show. It was a very dark, two-person show. Um, I like I like I like really messed up stuff. That's the most fun to play. Um, uh, I came back and actually one of the companies I did Les Mis for, they did um, a youth production of Sweeney Todd, and I actually came back. 
um, kind of as a little bit as a, like a ringer because I needed someone who could do Sweeney but also someone who could kind of work with the kids because it's all like high school age kids so and that's again it's really heavy material so I kind of came on and I was kind of in a teaching artist so I was in the show but like we worked on stuff together and I helped the kids do some kind of character stuff and uh, so that was cool there's um, a large spider on your knee and it's crawling up your side oh, oh it's a day long knee. that's cool oh <laughs> This reminds me of when I played, so there's a daddy long like scrolling up my arm right now, but this actually reminds me of when I played uh, Courtenay. I used to pick up these guys and have them crawl all, all over me to the chagrin of little girls. <laughs> um, yeah. Come on, dude. I'm gonna, hold on, I'm gonna put him over on this tree. Give me a hot Okay. Side. Come on. Don't go in my sleeve. So anyway. <laughs> Spider has been relocated. Anyway, uh, actually, Daddy Long Legs are not spiders. They're something else. I don't know what they are, but they're not spiders. So. Huh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I'm just checking the time because we do have another Crimson Rise. Right, 3.30. Actually... You have 15. Oh, okay. Okay. We're almost done. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so the other part of that was, was uh, real quick, was, was there any, any roles that you played that you, or any shows you were in theater-wise that you found challenging? Challenging. Um, well, sh I mean, every, I know it sounds dumb, but every show, every, and it's always, I mean, any show is a challenge because you're always stepping into, you know, stuff. Like, here's a crazy story. So uh, another show my company produces is a, it's a 50-minute short musical called Robin, a Musical Adventure. It's a Robin Hood musical, very appropriate being at the New York Renaissance Festival. Um, we actually did that on Friday morning. Okay. Um, we did it last October. We got commissioned to write it for the, a theater in Abilene, Texas, the Paramount Theater down there, uh, where we had done Pirate Story. And they're like, they really like Pirate Story, and they wanted us to write something for them, so we did. And we went down and we did a brand new show for them. Uh, and that was last October. And then <laughs> we did the show again this past Friday. So it's been about, what, like eight months or so since we did it last. Uh, and just because I was out in Colorado, uh, some of my cast was in New York, our Robin Hood actually, since the time we booked the show, then booked another show in Nantucket, which worked out great because Nantucket and Cape Cod are right next to each other. Um, but just, we wound up not all getting to rehearse together, basically, is the long and short of it. So we all had to remember what we did and work from video and Skype rehearsal and all this stuff. And we got the show up on its feet with no rehearsal, but that was definitely a challenge. <laughs> I mean, every like again, every show is is a definitely it's got its own because you know the the thing about theater is it's there's as much as I try, you know, um, you know, because I wind up doing a lot of stuff like I'm a I do the, I do costumes I do makeup I do projection design I do set design I do a lot of different things, um, kind of wherever people will take me to work I'll I'll go work, um, although Pirate Story and Crimson Pirates has definitely been my focus for the last couple of years. Um, uh, where was I going with this? So, uh, there's a lot, there's so many different things that go into a successful production. Um, and honestly, the most important thing, you can have a, a great show or a terrible show, but if you don't market it well, you might as well not put on a show. Right, right. No one is going to come see it. So that, you'll learn, is a very important part of it as well, uh, and press and stuff. Um, you know, actually, you know, behind the scenes too, like, because we, um, I actually helped produce, I co-produced a, a show, another off-Broadway show called The Hummingbirds Tour. It's this beautiful play, um, an original piece uh, written by this lady named Margaret Delaney. It's this kind of spiritual piece about aging and 
you know, about life after death and stuff like that. Uh, it's a beautiful play, but it was really hard to sell. Um, uh, and we did okay with it, but, uh, you know, again, that's, you learn that, like, you can have a terrific production, um, and uh, really the marketing and, and the press end, too, because, like, PR is your, your best friend. Like, any press is... 90% of the time, I think it's a, a lie to say all press is good press. That's a lie. Whoever, <laughs> whoever made that up is a lie, a liar. Um, but 90% of the time, that is true. Um, so, yeah, so all of that definitely comes into play. So, you know, there's challenges with on stage and there's definitely challenges off stage as well. Because um, if people don't come see the show, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, Laurence Olivier doing, you know, Hamlet. If no one knows it's happening and no one knows about it, you might as well be, you know, and you will be. You'll be doing it to an em you'll be doing it to an empty theater. Right, right, right. So, yeah. So, uh, I seem to recall that at one point, if unless I'm mistaken, you were in the running to be a spokes pirate for a vodka company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was just wondering. I know that that didn't that didn't go your way, but have you have, have you ever tried uh, since then to do any sort of like endo other endorsement things such as that? Well, actually. Um, uh, right before Pirate Story really took off, we did a series of commercials that lasted two years on Long Island for um, Island Federal Credit Union, and they were musical pirates telling people, take your money out of the banks and go to the credit union because you'll get a much better deal and your money will be safer and they won't screw you over. And the, the tagline was, tell your bank to walk the plank. Huh. Um, and we did that and we wrote original music for them, we did a music video. Uh, it's this crazy thing. Uh, some of it's on my... Uh, on my website, if you check it out, I'll have to um, go look for that. But we did that for two years. We did interactive. We did, you know, we did street events for them, and we did like we did six televised commercials total oh, wow. for them uh, with that. So we were we got to be spokespires for a, a credit union, and cool. uh, I, I do believe in credit unions. So credit unions are awesome. So support That's your excellent. local credit union. <laughs> so the Crimson Pirates are appearing at the New York Renaissance Fair this weekend mm -hmm. and then the weekend of September 8th and 9th. Pirate Invasion weekend. But this is your only day here. It's true, yes. Where um, will you be? Where were you yesterday and where so, will you be huh, in September? Well, yesterday I was very fortunate. Again, that's the, also the upside of having a lot of great members of the, the crew now because um, yesterday, you know, I had been away from my... Uh, it's very complicated. He was my husband. We were divorced, and now we're together again. We're working things out, and it's wonderful. And oh, he's I wonderful. Didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. Part. I, so, I, I, last I heard was the divorce. Part. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but you know, it's um, you you, you learn a lot. Uh, Sorry, that's being away from someone. Oh no, let's okay. turn that stupid oh, no. thing off. Um, but so uh, so we are back together now. And actually, I, after being away for in Colorado performing for two months, I just needed to have a day with him, um, which was really nice. So I was able to get. Spencer, who is one of our other guitarists, he came and played yesterday, so I'm here today. Uh, it's been really great seeing you and seeing so many people that i gotten to grow up performing for and with. Um, and then next week, uh, we start uh, our six weeks at the Pittsburgh Renaissance Festival. Okay. Uh, so we'll have a crew out there doing Crimson Pirates, and we'll have a crew out there doing Greatest Pirate Story. Um, and uh, so that's where I will be. Uh, and then actually Spencer will be back here that weekend that we're performing. Uh, okay, there. So, the, so, the so we, Crimson Pirates will be back, but again, that's again the great thing about uh, kind of bringing it back to the beginning of the the, the podcast or the interview. You know, it's uh, uh, we're able to do a lot more now right, than right. we used to. So, 
uh, yeah, so we'll be able to sing for our fans here and sing for our fans in Pittsburgh on the same weekend. So other than other than Pittsburgh, do you have just because the, the final question is always what's next? Do you have any other than that? Because that's what's uh, next. But do you have anything else? Uh, so for me personally, um, so Crimson Pirates. Uh, We'll be back, um, you know, and again, this is what I was kind of saying before, you know, you have great success and then, you know, it's back to the drawing board because 95% of the Renaissance festivals, they do their contracts on a year by year basis. Um, so it's going back and reaching out and saying, you want us back this year? So we're going back and we're doing that process now. Um, we might, I'm knocking on wood, because uh, it's hard to get in touch with these people, but we might be going to the Cayman Islands in November oh. uh, for the Cayman Island Pirate Festival. Um, we're in talks with them to bring Greatest Pirate Story and Crimson Pirates out there. Uh, so that would be fun. Uh, for me personally, um, and Crimson Pirates, we're gonna be at Maryland Renaissance Festival for three weekends as well. Okay. Uh, we go out there, and Dan actually does a lot of fight workshops and fight choreography for them. Dan, who's a OG Crimson Pirate. Um, so we'll be out there for three weekends, and then me personally, when I'm not in Maryland for the month of October, I actually go back to Sleepy Hollow where we did the Pyre Festival. And for those people, I do um, I work their haunted event called uh, Horseman's Hollow, which okay. is an awesome kick-ass uh, haunted event. If you like Halloween, you should definitely go to Horseman's Hollow. Yeah, because I know you used to do um, the Forest of Fear here yes, as well. Yes, yes, yes. There were there were a couple years where like they were fighting over who was going to get me, <laughs> um, and I horse. Uh, Forest of Fear won one year, and then Horseman's Hollow won, and I've been with them ever since. <laughs> but I still love Forest of Fear. I still miss Forest of Fear, but I also love Horseman's Hollow. I love all of the haunted events equally, but I can only be at one. Right, right, yes, because at this point they haven't uh, authorized or perfected human cloning, and there's only one of you. Uh, it is true, but uh, you know, it's a little closer. I live on Long Island now, so honestly, at the end of the day, it's uh, it's one less toll, and about $15 less of gas a day. So right. Horseman's Hollow gets me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's great, man. I, I thank you. Like I said, I've been I, when I when I first conceived of this show and I made a list of like who do I want to get and who who do I know and stuff. Like you were on, you were Aww. one of the first people on the well, list. So I'm glad you to got finally, me. Finally get you on here, and uh, I'll let you get going so you can get to your next set. And I uh, hope it's not uh, too long before I see you again. I hope it's not uh, you know till fucking next Ren Fair season. Oh, again. I could have cursed this whole time. This is the internet, man. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> oh. oh, well. All right. Well, thanks, Chris. Now, Mrs. McGrath, the captain said, Would you like a sailor of your boy, Ted? The scarlet coat and the fine cloth hat. Now, Mrs. McGrath, wouldn't you like that? Will you do Ryo, Ryo, Ryo? 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 Now, Mrs. McGrath, she lived on the shore and after seven long years or more. Spied a ship coming into the bay Well, that's my boy, Ted Will you clear the way? Now, my dear captain Wherever you've been Out sailing the Mediterranean Have you any news of my boy, Ted? Is my poor son living? Or is he dead? Will you too, I owe? 
And now steps Ted without any legs And in their place are two wooden pegs She kissed him a dozen times over and again Crying, holy Jesus, where have you been? Now was ya drunk or was ya blind When you left your two fine legs behind? Or was it a walking out there on the sea That tore your legs from the knees away? Well, Pain. And I'd rather my son as he used to be than the King of France and his whole navy. Well, From the album, and now we're anchored. That was the Roving Blades with Mrs. McGrath. I want to thank Chris for being on the show again. I, I think that it it went well, and and he's been he's been on my wish list since I started the show. So it was great to get him on here. Uh, and you can check him out. He's all over the internet, man. You can check out the Crimson Pirates, the Roving Blades, and Christopher Leidenfrost. They are all on Facebook. Um. Not so sure about Instagram. I was trying to find Chris on Instagram. Wasn't sure if I uh, wasn't able to find him on there. But definitely check out all of the projects. Oh, Greatest Pirate Story Never Told as well. Check them all out on Facebook. Uh, see if they're on Twitter. I'll try and find that out. I probably should have found that out before I started talking. But fuck it, whatever. They are all on Facebook for sure. Um, now hopefully I can... Uh, get uh, some other Renfair acts on the show. Uh, Chris was the first one I asked this year and was able to get them, so I got a couple more on the wish list. We'll see if I can get them, and uh, if not, I do have some other stuff. Uh, I do have another episode recorded, a non-Renfair episode that'll probably be available uh, in a week or two. I'm just waiting to get the music, the the art, the artist that I interviewed uh, wanted me to wait until his music was actually released, so I'm just waiting on that, waiting for that to to, to come out to post that episode. And don't forget, guys, to follow J Bunny's Music Hub on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon. 
I'm still working on the Patreon. I know I say that every episode, but it's there. I don't have any content there, but you can still give me money if you want to. (laughs) Don't forget also, guys, to follow the Industry Embers on Facebook and Twitter. And make sure to hashtag any music purchases that you make with the hashtag BuyMusic, B-U-Y, or it's BuyMusic, B-Y-E. Also, don't forget to follow the Club Kayfabe Creative Community. This podcast is a member of that creative network, and you should check out all of the associated shows and projects that are going on with the CKCC. You can find the Facebook page at Club, uh, I believe it's CKCC Online. Let me just check that real quick on the Book of the Face right here. Yes, CKCC Online at Facebook. So, like I said, I have another episode recorded and ready to go. I just got news today that I was approved for a booking that I put in for for next week. So, uh, hopefully that one uh, doesn't fall through. Because this stuff, man, this stuff, the, the reason I never drop names before the stuff is recorded is because you never know what can happen between the 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 booking and and the actual day of the show um you know i did have one fall through on me in the past so i'd rather not name names until i know that it's finalized but there's stuff coming i have a couple other ideas of uh people that i can hopefully get sooner rather than later and uh I hope that you guys enjoy everything that I'm doing. If you have any suggestions on anything that I've, uh, as uh, any of the episodes, let me know. If you guys have any uh, connections to people that you would like booked on the show, let me know. Um, also, I do want to just let you guys know as well, um, because I ran into an issue this week actually, where I found that someone had reached out to me on social media through the Instagram account actually. Um, to tell me that they enjoyed the episode I recorded with Rob Machete from The Pain Method. And because Instagram filtered the message, I didn't see it for a month. So uh, if you guys message me on social media and I don't get back to you right away, uh, please know that that is not my doing. That is the fault of the social media network because those Facebook-owned networks, Facebook and Instagram, like to filter the messages if it's not someone that you're friends with or following. So... You know, don't take it personally. As soon as I see it, I will definitely get back to you. I appreciate any feedback that anybody can provide. So um, I'm going to leave you today with another song from one of uh, Christopher Leidenfrost's projects. This is uh, from his uh, Henry Martin project, and this is the song Made on the Shore. Until next time, guys. There is a young maiden, she lives all alone She lives all alone on the shore And there's nothing she'll find to comfort her mind Then to roam all alone on the shore, shore, shore Then to roam all alone on the shore now it was of the young captain who sailed the salt sea Let the winds blow high, blow low I will die, I will die, the young captain did cry If I 
they don't have that made on the shore, shore, shore. If I don't have that made on the shore. Well, I have lots of silver, I have lots of gold, I have lots of costly wear. With my jolly ship's crew If they roll me that maid on the shore, shore, shore If they roll me that maid on the shore After coaxing, persuading, they got her aboard Let the winds blow high, blow low They'll get you away to my cabin below Here's a due to all sorrow and care, care, care Here's a due to all sorrow and care So she sat herself down in the stern of the ship Let the winds blow high, blow low Some captain and sailors to sleep, sleep, sleep. She's some captain and sailors to sleep. Then she robbed them of silver, she robbed them of gold, she robbed them of costly wear. Oh, and the captain's broadsword she took as an oar. And she paddled her way back to shore, shore, shore And she paddled her way back to shore Well, me men must be crazy, me men must be mad Me men must be Dave and despair Oh, I'd let you away from my cabin so gay and to let you row back to the shore, shore, shore And to let you row back to the shore Well, your men was not crazy, your men was not mad Your men may be deep in despair Who sails the salt sea And again I'm the maid On the shore, shore, shore Again I'm the maid On the shore Now there's still a young maiden Who lives all alone She lives all alone On the shore And she'll find the comforter mine But her home all alone on the shore, shore, shore But her home all alone on the shore